DiscerningHearts.com presents St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, with Father Donald Haggerty. Father Haggerty is a priest of the Archdiocese of New York who serves at St. Patrick's Cathedral. He taught moral theology and worked as a spiritual director in seminaries for 20 years. He has directed numerous yearly retreats for the Missionaries of Charity. He's the author of Contemplative Provocations, The Contemplative Hunger, Conversion, Contemplative Enigmas, and St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, the book on which this series is based. St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, with Father Donald Haggerty. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome again, Father Haggerty. Thank you, Chris. I'm glad to be back. There is, I think, the reality that for many people, that this can be a time of just sometimes, you know, a period of suffering, that until that calm comes through, or the peace, or whatever that might be, that in just giving God that time inconsistently, or being present or open to that, or even having to die to that constantly wanting to get something back, that can be a time of suffering, can it? Well, there's no doubt that prayer has a serious aspect of the losing of self that the gospel asks of us. You know, many times we think of self-denial or ascetical practices, you know, involving what we do outside with our, you know, our bodily life or our sacrificial actions and generous self-giving, but there's a serious aspect of sacrificial life, even of a kind of spiritual asceticism of self-denial in the interior life of prayer. And it would seem that nobody, you know, goes through life, no real prayer life that's deep and interior is not going to undergo suffering within. And some of that suffering is this, it's the suffering of love that the desire to, to want, you know, closeness to our Lord, to want to be united with him, and not experiencing this, but experiencing an emptying of self, not just pure emptiness, but an emptying of other desires that, you know, really do show themselves to be very secondary to want to the greater pursuit of him alone. So I think yeah, there's no, there's no way to persevere in long-term prayer, you know, in some manner, if it's deep interior prayer, without also, you know, having to face trials there. God is asking us then a perseverance in love through that. I mean, it's really striking, too, to me as a priest, because I did work in seminaries for a long time, you know, spiritual direction with many seminarians over the years, and about 16 years, 20 in all, but 16 years with close relations with seminarians in that manner. And you can see that some get it and many don't, you know, the need for being persevering in prayer when there's no real satisfaction seemingly being given to one's time in prayer. And, you know, in a way it separates the men from the boys. You have to be able to step up and stay with it, keep at it. Then in time, you know, with perseverance in prayer, that I'm going to pray no matter what, I don't care whether, you know, people are watching or not, 
people who are s- serious in their commitment to prayer, at some point, they cross a threshold, and it really does happen. They realize God is very now much at work in their lives, and, and it has a, you know, a lasting effect. I think it's like with many things. Once a person crosses a certain threshold, it's unlikely they will give up prayer at that point. But to get there, you know, sometimes is, is hard. And it's hard because you have to go through, like you said, some suffering for that. And then you realize, well, this is part of the package, you know, and reality and rewards that come are going to be very great from, from this. Well, I think that's key to really understand that in this life, people will suffer. We struggle, we have anxieties, we are challenges. All those can be placed under that particular banner. It is part of the human condition. And we don't like to suffer in just even in our activities, whether it's, you know, we don't like to have a tough job. We don't like to see our kids struggle. We don't, you know, I could go on and on the whole myriad and we want to try to avoid that. In many cases, you know, the intrinsic evil of suffering, we don't desire it. But in some cases, because we've suffered, good things come from that. As a woman who has given birth three times, boy, there's suffering. And you know, it's covering, you got to go through that, but there's a great thing that happens. And the reason I emphasize that is that it's the same with prayer, isn't it, Father? I mean, will you, okay, there's going to be these periods that doesn't mean that you give up on it. You begin to trust the God that says, trust me. And remember the things, remember. And yet that's a very difficult thing, as you said, as your experience with some seminarians. I think that's true with everyone, don't you think? Well, it's very true. And the problem, though, with prayer, unlike sometimes a job or if we are in a commitment in the priesthood or marriage, but prayer, serious prayer, can be considered optional. And when it shouldn't be, but a person can walk away from it, mm-hmm. or they can um, treat it as something that, you know, I don't need it to that extent. I think many priests end up in the lives that are not that prayerful in the interior life, because they never caught, you know, the need for this. So the problem of prayer is you really have to say at some point, I'm going after the high level stakes here. John of the Cross, I see this quote in front of me here from the Ascent of Mount Carmel, which is also in this this chapter as I I moved on from it. But he will say there in, in the second book of the Ascent of Mount Carmel, from my observations, Christ is little known by those who consider themselves his friends. For we see them going about seeking in him their own consolations and satisfactions loving themselves very much, but not loving him very much by seeking his bitter trials and deaths. I am referring to those who believe themselves his friends, not to those who live withdrawn and far away from him. And he's he's tough to read too. I mean, challenging to, to hear that kind of comment, but it's important in a way to, if we take John of the Cross seriously, there's no way that a person doesn't advance in their spiritual life, if we listen to the importance of things like that. John of the Cross saying, again, in the same section, few there are with the knowledge and desire to enter into the supreme nakedness and emptiness of spirit. This is a venture in which God alone is sought and gained. 
Thus only God ought to be sought and gained. So this is an element of, I'm not sure, I, want to, I don't want to exaggerate it, but you know, there's an element of some pain, some trial. Yes, there's pain, some trial, suffering that the interior life has to bear, but we also get used to it. I'm sure somebody who runs, you know, these people who run a lot, you know, marathon runners, but, you know, a lot of people don't have to be a marathon runner to run. And they like the, the discipline of doing this day in and day out. And there's painful aspects to it. But far beyond the painful aspect, they are not just staying in shape, so to speak, but there's some satisfaction of the will, you know, giving itself in this. Well, there might be some parallel to that in prayer, that it's not always pleasant experience, but you're seeking God in prayer. And God inevitably approaches the soul in some manner, sometimes in deep undercurrents of the person and the layer is underneath awareness, but he doesn't remain blind or inaccessible, literally, you know, to our seeking of him. He responds to those who are serious with him. He surely turns with more of a loving gaze and a personal gaze on on those lives. We'll return to St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation with Father Donald Haggerty in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. The Living Flame of Love by St. John of the Cross O living flame of love that tenderly wounds my soul in its deepest center, Since now you are not oppressive, now consummate, if it be your will. Tear through the veil of this sweet encounter. O sweet cautery, O delightful wound, O gentle hand, O delicate touch that tastes of eternal life and pays every debt, in killing you changed death to life. O lamps of fire, in whose splendors the deep caverns of feeling once obscure and blind, now give forth so rarely, so exquisitely, both warmth and light to their beloved. How gently and lovingly you wake in my heart, where in secret you dwell alone, and in your sweet breathing, filled with good and glory, how tenderly you swell my heart with love.
We now return to St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, with Father Donald Haggerty. Yeah, I think the key in a, in a real way, too, is not to try to look at what's happening in somebody else's life. I know we've talked about this, but this is where it really manifests itself. Not to look at the religious experience of other people, whether they're our friends or family members or, or religious or even saints that we've read about, but to enter into that relationship where we're at, and that will entail whatever the suffering it may be, where we're at. And here we are with Therese. It could be the thousand little pinpricks, needle pricks of the day, or the different ways, but suffering then in love, in that, okay, God, I know he's here. I know he's in all this. And so I enter into it. I carry it. Would that be an appropriate way of looking at it? Yeah, I mean, those are good statements, Chris, and about spiritual life. But what we don't sometimes think of is the realities of these things in the interior life of prayer, if we have, you know, a serious pursuit of interior life of prayer. So, you know, if people are listening to these conversations, there's a question, will I give myself, will I find some time? It's got to be at least, you know, a half hour a day, 20 minutes a day, where I give myself to some silent, private time with God. And if we do that, there is an element there of difficult perseverance, perhaps, you know, that there in the beginning will be there as we go on. It's there if we continue in a lifetime of that. But it's also, that's not the primary, you know, reality of this. We are placing ourselves in a uh, much more open relationship with God, and he does respond to that. I think John of the Cross is, is so valuable, you know, for the interior life in this, because it's the interior life that's very subject to illusion sometimes in the spiritual or religious realm. And we can make misidentifications. We can conceive wrongly what real advancement is. And sometimes real advancement with God is painful. It's a, it's a difficult reality. So you get John of the Cross, you know, in that, that section I was just speaking of from the second book of the Ascent of Mount Carmel, this is a very, you know, profound little paragraph that is like pure St. John of the Cross. He says, a genuine spirit, so somebody really, a true person seeking God, a genuine spirit seeks rather the distasteful in God rather than the delectable. You know, they seek this after a while, realizing after a time that walking that path of the cross in some way actually is the much more open door to the real love of God and real experience of his love. A genuine spirit seeks, rather prefers, the distasteful in God rather than the delectable. It leans more toward suffering than towards consolation, more toward going without for God than toward possession toward dryness and affliction than toward sweet consolation. And why? As he goes on, it knows this is the significance of following Christ and denying self. That the other method, so seeking pleasant experiences, that the other method is perhaps a seeking of self in God, something entirely contrary to love. Seeking oneself in God is the same as looking for the caresses and consolations of God. 
But seeking God in oneself, you know, pure seeking of God, entails not only the desire to do without these consolations for God's sake, but to choose for love of Christ what is most distasteful, what's hard choices, hardship, whether in God or in the world. Much of this comes down to the question of love. You know, what is the real reality of love? And we have to ask the saints, you know, what that is. It's perhaps very contrary to what we humanly, you know, expect of love. What you're talking about, it sounds like if it's all about me, ultimately. And that's the thing. It's what brings me satisfaction. It might be those experiences in prayer. We experience that too, and and they're just living out our lives in the world because it's always that continual seeking of a gratification. Well, we don't want to suffer. So I think that if I consume all these different foods, this is going to somehow make me feel better. But the only the reality, the truth of it is that I'm just going to need more of it because I become addicted to it. And it's never going to satisfy. It's the same thing with all the other outlets. I can keep doing things. I can keep buying things. But then somehow in the back of my mind, I think I need to have more. And how do I get more? It's that seeking the self. Isn't that the suffering that we don't even realize? And what maybe St. John of the Cross is trying to help us see that it can inculcate itself so deeply even to in our spiritual life and in our core relationship with God. And it, that continual seeking for self is like a mushroom cloud that explodes out into all of our, our activities in the world. Yeah, well said, Chris. And, and I think what, what that comes down to is to have, a, in a way, a more sacred respect for the importance of the human will. You know, the reality of sanctity, of holiness, the goal in our life is to be united in our will with the will of God. Everything else in our lives is affected then by that. You know, our thoughts, what we will pursue, you know, all things. You know, when John of the Cross has a small aphorism saying, deny your desires and you will find out what your heart longs for. And he's not just saying there, you know, practice self-denial, although that's part of that. Deny your desires, these many things that can give passing satisfactions, pleasures, gratifications. They can be things outside, you know. We can do a lot of good things, you know, but actually we're doing it for ourselves. And deny your desires to feed self, to satisfy self, to gratify to please, you know, to give some enjoyment, to cease that kind of orientation in one's life. And what does happen? You will find out what your heart is really longing for, which is God. Deep down, a person in a state of grace already has a deep undercurrent, you know, perhaps buried, but an undercurrent of desire for God. If we begin to allow that to be opened up more in our lives, and it's very possible that, you know, our desire for giving to God becomes much more than the you know, orientation, you know, the, the inclination for satisfaction in, in our lives, you know, to be able to touch the heart of Jesus and things. But, you know, that, that statement, too, is saying something about the interior life of prayer. Deny your desires interiorly, which there might be, you know, a desire for consolation, I, I desire to feel love. I desire a comfort in prayer. Deny those desires 
And you'll find the deeper longing for God that still awaits you. That's the, the kind of statement that he is you know, uh, urging on us there. It's ultimately to trust, isn't it? I know it's going to sound almost paradoxical that if this is what our longing is, you have to let go of it in order to attain it. But that's a real, I mean, it's a real thing, as weak as that may sound as I'm saying it, but you really, you have to just let it go and you got to trust. I mean, that's an element that you, you really can't relinquish is that trust, can you? Well, true, but I would also say, you know, when, when we grow, if we do give ourselves to God, our longing for God is going to crystallize or clarify itself more strongly in our lives. And that is an element that does take place, you know, according to St. John of the Cross in contemplative graces of prayer, that the will in longing for God is a very real thing, that wanting God, that the undercurrent within the soul of the will, wanting, longing for God can be very real. And, you know, we don't need to so much let that go as allow the undercurrent of that to flow, you know, within us, that these other things that might have been sought as a longing, you know, some desire of other type of satisfaction, when that kind of drops away, and we become more detached from that, the deeper longing of the soul in desire for God, that's where God is gracing. It's like he's putting oil on that flame within the soul when these other things drop away. So that's, you know, yes, we can trust in that, but it's also a reality of prayer. And it's very real that God will draw us more deeply in an inflamed longing for him at deeper layers of the soul you know, the more we are, are, are giving ourselves. And yes, to trust that, that that's, that is going to be happening. You know, we have to believe too, that the reality of this, if we're faithful in giving ourselves to him generously outside of prayer, and we're not seeking, you know, these secondary things in prayer that, you know, might be disguised self-seeking. Well, Father Haggerty, this is such a, a wonderful insight and a real gift in this conversation on this nature of prayer. I wish we had more time to explore it in this, this conversation, but in closing, any final thoughts? I would say sometimes it's good to think about Jesus and his prayer. And it is striking that our Lord, you know, as the incarnate Son of God, you know, went to solitary private prayer. We know that he went to the desert, not just the 40 days in the desert, but he sought times alone. And how much he did that in the years before his, his public life. And if we, you know, ponder, you know, what was in, the, in our Lord's, you know, human will in his interior heart, you know, when he prayed. Surely, you know, deep longing for this union with his father, the deep desire for, for him. And, you know, it does strike us when we hear it in the gospel. He says, you know, ask, you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock, it will be open to you. We should ask for the gift of prayer, the desire for a deeper longing for prayer, the attraction for prayer. And that is surely then a door that opens to more stronger relations with him and pleasing him in our lives. Thank you so much, Father Haggerty. I'm so grateful for this conversation.
Well, thank you, Chris, for having me and having these conversations with me. You've been listening to St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, with Father Donald Haggerty. This series is based on the book, St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, published by Ignatius Press. Visit Ignatius.com to obtain a copy, or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit DiscerningHearts.com, or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com And join us next time for St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, with Father Donald Haggerty.